You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is To Stir With Love, Tales from Prison, with Rabbi Kolakowski. I'm Aprom Kipolevich. We're coming back here from our Pesach break, and Rabbi has a quieter house, uh, as unfortunately we're going to give Divrei Nechama that uh, there was a death in his, uh, his wife's family. And therefore, you're not going to hear all the screaming and yelling that we usually hear, Yitzchok, um, from around you. And uh, and I know that this you, we're going to be able to perhaps uh, have a conversation that you can be con- totally concentrating on. And uh, I threw you a, a, a sort of a curveball because uh, just a little while ago, I told you what I was interested in. And uh, you tell me um, from your vast knowledge and understanding, um, and generally from your good sense about what you think should be done and what's happening now. And that is, of course, we've talked about uh, people who are incarcerated. We've spoken about their religious um, uh, responsibilities and their difficulties of fulfilling various uh, religious acts and religious events. We've also spoken about uh, when they can leave prison for terrible emergencies uh, that occur. We've talked about um, their relationships with their spouses and perhaps even forging and creating new relationships and creating new spouses. But one thing we haven't spoken about is the connection between uh, the incarcerated and their children. Whether it's men or women that are incarcerated, it's clear that there is a substantive amount of prisoners who have children. Um, and as uh, we, we discussed a little bit beforehand, there are a lot of issues about a child coming uh, to visit their incarcerated parent. Um, I can imagine, and you probably can too, that there probably was a period that a this would have been a deep, deep dark secret when a parent was shuttled off to prison. If the child was five or six or seven, um, that the parent, uh, the other parent might even have hidden from the child that mommy or daddy was in prison somewhere. I think in today's more transparent society, um, perhaps that's not the case. Perhaps children are very much aware. You mentioned the Sesame Street character a couple of weeks ago, remember? Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. And that, and, and, and I, so it's clearly it's out in the open. But I'm just wondering, technically, how to, you know, the difficulties of making such a thing work. We all talk about, you know, ever since our first program, we've talked about coming to with love and understanding and compassion. You know, I, I went, I had an MRI today. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a coffin-like type of situation. And the, the noise um, is, is geferlach. Uh, my first MRI that I had, Yitzchak, um, uh, I, I was very Zoha the night before to go through a very geschmacked piece of Gemara and a, and, and a wonderful piece from the Nitziv and the Hamachelo. Uh, and I remember chazering it over completely during the whole hour and 20 minutes that I had to be in the MRI. And today, what I did was I thought about my grandchildren. I thought about my children and my grandchildren, and I just filled my mind with those images. And that was that's what allowed me, you know, to to push through, you know, sort of a grueling type of situation. So I can imagine 
you know, Achas Kama Vakama, someone who's incarcerated in prison, you know, what his children mean to him and what his children can mean to them and not being able to be connected to them. And, you know, why don't you first tell us what you're aware of, uh, of children that make the visit and also talk about some of the difficulties of having that happen, um, uh, of having a child come and visit. So go ahead, Yitzhak. I well, I the, think, go ahead. you know, the, 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 the most pressing challenge, which is something we did mention before, is ensuring, which is something that's very important, ensuring that the visiting room is a child-friendly, family-friendly place which is a very difficult situation, particularly when you have visits that are contact visits and the, the children might be exposed to, uh, you know, displays of affection that, are, that they, they, they shouldn't be exposed to. And that's a, uh, that I think- What, what you're saying is there might be other prisoners who seeing a young child might- uh, fondle them, expose themselves to them or something? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about here. That's a separate issue. But what I'm talking about here is that, uh, that you might have, uh, you know, other prisoners who just don't care that there are children in the room and when their own significant other, meaning because it's a big... I see. So in other words, room. okay, I, I'll be, I, I will be the, uh, I'll be the, uh, the gar- garish one. In other words, you might have uh, a... A, a couple making out in a yeah, very, uh, very prussed away in front of some young yeah. children. And that's not it the could be worse that. than that. Yeah. Could right. be worse than actually that. be engaged in, uh, yeah. um, in, in sexual, real sexual activity in front of children. So that's why it's hard to bring children into such an environment, you're saying. I mean, uh, we, we certainly discourage that and, they, and, and, you know, they can get in trouble and get banned from having visits, but sometimes, you know, the, uh, the prisoner might think it's worth it, you know, but that's the, that's one of the realities of, of bringing children into, into that, uh, you know, forget about the fact that it's a prison or anything else, the prison visiting room being what it is, uh, it, it, often you know has that issue that's uh that's and that's an issue that they you know they're concerned with to try to avoid to make sure it doesn't happen um but, but with again, that, this this doesn't sound just let me you know, this doesn't sound like a a problem that can't be solved you can have times when children visit and times when spouses visit or significant others yeah. and when the child visits it's a different you know you stagger it in a way that you know, you, it doesn't. It doesn't. You, children aren't have to, don't have to be exposed I mean, to something it, so it, jarring. It, it, it it shouldn't it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't it shouldn't happen anyway. We don't you know we don't have uh, visits. We don't have, and and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be engaging in that type of behavior. Okay. In front of other people, whether they're adults or children, so it's not it's not uh, it, it happens, but we try to avoid it. But it's not. Uh, it's that's not the solution. The solution is just make sure that these things don't happen, and they and they face very severe consequences if it does, whether so, whether or not there are children present. So, so in Waymart, which is where you uh, are operating, I get the sense from your answer that not many children are coming to visit their parents there. Uh, I I wouldn't say that. I I mean, you know, we do 
we do seek to make it a child-friendly place. We, you know, they, just yesterday we were discussing um, there's certain funding called that that's called the Inmate General Welfare Fund, which you know they have to be spent. You know, we have to spend this money, and it has to be spent in a certain way. So, for example, if chaplaincy wants to spend these types of funds. Um, we have to do it in a way that's equitable, that would be serving everybody equally. So uh, things like furniture in the chapel that could be equally used by any religion, that would be approved, or a television or anything, or blank DVDs to record uh, programs equally for everybody, as opposed to books that are specific to one religion, uh, or DVDs specific to one religion that we cannot buy with those funds that we have to buy with other funds so and, and that's spread throughout the prison for all kinds of different programs and one thing that they mentioned was specifically to have the uh to have for children to have uh children friendly movies for them to watch and the you know perhaps a you know, toys for them to play with you know there is a a toy area child play area Kind of on the side, you know, in the in the case where you know the kid might be there to visit, but he he or she might you know not have that much patience to spend the whole time visiting, and so they're going to be there on the side playing, and sure. we make sure we go out of our way in every prison. I mean, I've visited several prisons in Pennsylvania, and part of the reason for my visit was to um, was to uh, inspect the visiting rooms to make sure that all the religions have religious books, you know, to represent each religion available to visitors uh, in the visiting room, specifically because we don't want inmates bringing their own books in and out of the visiting room because they could smuggle things. We don't want books going back and forth from the chapel. So we have specifically a religious library in each visiting room. And of course, you, you go in there and you see it's a, it's decorated in a way that's very child friendly. There's going to be you know, pictures of uh, Mickey Mouse and the uh, Bugs Bunny or whatever, you know, cartoon characters, Dora the Explorer, whatever there. And there's also going to be, you know, toys, games. I, it sounds very admirable. And you're telling me that you do, you do, you have seen uh, children uh, frolicking or, or at least amusing themselves uh, I, I, during these I, visits. I, I ha- I well, haven't let, really been. I haven't really been in the visiting room at the time okay. of visit that much. Uh, Yitzhak, let, let, let me let me play a little role play with you. Imagine I'm one of the incarcerated fellows, and I want to speak to you. And I say, Chaplain, um, you know, I, I, I have some. I have. I, I've been sent up here. I'm very regretful of what I've done, and I know I have to serve the time. Um, my wife has not told my kids where I am. Um, we don't know what to tell them. And, and I, I'm missing them dearly. What should I do? Sh- should my wife tell them that, that, I'm, that I'm here in prison? I, I know that it's, it's bad enough. You know, we're trying to somehow you know, keep it a secret or whatever. Um, but I, I miss them and I don't know what to do. Do you think they should come? Do you think my wife should tell them that their dad is is a prisoner that their dad committed a crime and and I don't know how to explain to them I'm going to be up here for the next five years my kids are going to become teenagers by the time I'm out 
how can I explain to them what I did wrong? How can they ever look up to me as a dad? Help me. Doc, uh, uh, Chaplain Joe, help me. Okay, now it's, you're supposed to answer. Well, it's certainly I would encourage them to be honest, especially if it's going to be five years. You know, it's, it's one thing you can, you can hide a, a, a county jail sentence and you can hide a, uh, even, even a, 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 some county jail sentences could be up to two years. Uh, that that's one thing to hide, you know. I uh, I remember someone in in my school, he had a county jail sentence about three months, and his grandmother, who I knew, was a, a Holocaust survivor, and they kept a secret from her, you know, because he, he he would go sometimes two three months without visiting his grandmother anyway, uh, you know. But it's also it's easier to hide it from a grandmother than it is from a child. Um, I I would not recommend keeping it a secret at all i i mean my my kids know i spent a night in jail they uh I, it's it's part of life it's and it's i don't see the anything to be gained by keeping it from them particularly if you're talking about a child who like he said by the time you get out be a teenager it means the child's already at least eight years old nine years old, they can understand these things a little bit more, you know, it's a little different when you're talking about a three-year-old, a four-year-old might not be able to understand, but still they do understand better than we give them credit for, and they should be uh, told in an appropriate way what happened and, and you know, where where their father is. So I, I really would never uh, recommend unless, you know, as a recommendation, I would ask, you know, is there a particular reason why you feel it's appropriate to keep it a secret? But I really, I'm not aware of anyone keeping that a secret. It's something that most, for the most part, they know about and they do encourage um, when there is the possibility of, of visits, which we don't have now because of the COVID situation. Um, we're talking, we might go back to it in a few months. We're opening, opening the possibility back, but we, we go out of our way to, uh, to make it. Okay. So something. Rabbi Joe, um, you know what I did. Um, you know, how, how can I tell them about being honest when I, you know, embezzled and, 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 you know, they caught me, you know, they wiretapped my phone and they found out that. You know all the money that I've been taking. Um, yeah. Is there what can I? You know, what should I do? Should I tell them Daddy's wrong? That Daddy did a terrible thing? And don't be like me. Can they understand that? Yeah, I I think that is something that that you know, that's a way also to gain respect. You know, I know there was one, and I would even tell them. You know, we, we had in our community, let's say I'm talking to someone who's not necessarily Jewish and they're asking, I would be honest and tell the story that we had someone in our community, a rabbi who was, uh, who spent some time and he, uh, you know, in prison for, for uh, money laundering. And then he afterwards gave, went around giving lectures and sermons about why this is wrong and why he was wrong and, uh, that's the way to to make amends is to admit that you're wrong and you know no you know I think children 
realize pretty quickly that their parents aren't perfect, at least in this day and age. Maybe, maybe at one time children had more respect for their parents, but it's, you know, if, if you know, and uh, yeah. Okay, I'm now sure. let me let me switch. Now. Yeah. In Waymart, you've told me that um, there's a large amount of sex offenders. What happens in that case? It turns well, out and, that and the, a parent has never abused his own children, but he's been checked. You know, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to even play that part because I don't even want to. I'll tip that bed in such yeah. a way. Well, let's say. I mean, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, that, that we have a lot of people who abuse their own children or stepchildren. And obviously, in those cases, there's no contact. There's no, they don't even write letters to, you know, they don't talk on the phone. They have no contact with them. Um, as far as with these uh, cases where it's... I've had a case where the parent, uh, you know, had a thing for little girls, not his own little girl, or little yeah, boys, yeah. but not his own little boy. Can you, can you, know, you, see, I mean, can you yeah, see a parent I'm, owning up to that, to his child? I know of cases where it's an adult child, you know, where we, you know, things like that, and, and it's a different type of case. But as far as... Um, as far as this, in general, if someone has that on their record, and again, even we talk about a 22-year-old uh, man with a 16-year-old, 15-year-old woman, uh, and and that's why this man is in prison, um, and he has a brother who's 17 years old, his brother cannot come visit him because a minor cannot visit a sex offender who was, uh, whose victim was a minor. So basically, any sex offenders, and there are plenty of them in Waymart, most of their young children, even if they haven't done anything towards them, can't visit them. No, no. And that's because and... they don't want a sex offender to be in contact even with their own child. With with any minor, even the brother. Does that, even, does, that does that sound right to you? I mean, we know uh, from the Torah, there's certain people you don't have a Yitzhara for, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, as bad as the person is, and let's say he's going through counseling and admits that he's wrong, should we mm-hmm. should we not should we punish him to the point that he or she to the point that they can't even see their own children? No, I'll tell you even worse a worse case than that because here there was a. An inmate, Aid, who was in for a white-collar crime, which is kind of a rare thing in Waymart, and I always had a kasha why it was, why he was prosecuted and served state time because he went over state lines uh, to commit his crime. I thought he would certainly be in a federal prison, but uh, Aid from from Flatbush, uh, Sfard Aid. and his he was divorced. He had a daughter, and he was paying for her tuition and in the from day school and uh, she could not visit him because at some point uh, when she was in, uh, a little baby he got a DWI and she was in the car so that was considered that he was arrested reckless for a endangerment yeah Re- reckless so, endangerment so she was never allowed he wasn't in the prison very long but she was never allowed to visit him because of that part of his record that uh and again that wasn't that wasn't connected to the current offense but because it was on his record at some point in in his history she could not visit him she, they would talk on the phone um but uh she was not allowed to visit him 
Um, so this sounds like, you know, we talked um, in our, I don't know if it was our last show or next to last show, um, when we had uh, Mr. Refogel on, and we talked about some of the changes that we were speculating on. I guess this might be something that needs to be looked at as well. Um, and we're not even talking really about the other I mean, it's... It- it's for the sake of protecting the children. I understand, you know, and, but there, but there should be, but, but the laws need to be written in a way and, and, and enforced in a way that are logical and that don't really, again, we talked in the past about the price you pay of, of serving the time, um, the alienation you have from your child um, is something that in most cases can't be mended. Um, you take a child, you, you take a parent away from a child for those crucial years um, yeah. what happens and, and, and again and it's not even referring to the other social uh, issues that the child is might be uh, might be happy to the child as a one parent child as a child who maybe people in the neighborhood know is imprisoned and, and, and the type of um, uh, prejudice that person might be subjected to uh, over and above everything else and um, I, I think you know, we, you know, we have this idea that we don't, we don't, we don't want one generation to spawn another generation of, of criminals. And I think that might be one of the reasons why, you know, we want to try to, you know, keep the kids, you know, uh, if they see their father or mother in, 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 in the best terms, then perhaps, you know, yeah, uh, some of them might be angry, but some of them might actually learn from the, and say, you know, that, that the prison system is, is crooked and maybe perhaps they might themselves push towards a life of crime. I know that's some of the concern here. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, you've talked about, you've talked about, you know, I'll tell, it, I'll tell you not, not even a, a child visiting a parent in prison. It was a case that I had heard of where, I mean, I heard this, you know, anecdotally that there was uh, one of these scared straight type of programs that, uh, they brought these uh, troubled youth to visit the prison, uh, so they could see, you know, how how bad it is, and and uh, and fix up their life. And uh, and so this uh, one boy, he saw uh, how in Pennsylvania the inmates have the right to purchase their own television. He's like, you mean I could have my own TV? I don't have to share with my brother. <laughs> And uh, he he wound up uh, being incarcerated at some point uh, later in his life. So it's, um, you know, there there is that possibility, especially like we mentioned that we make the visiting room such a, even though it is a really sad place to see, but it's, it really, uh, we try to make it um, somewhat pleasant for the children to visit, you know, kind of, we try to, make it a happy place and uh you know that's um it's a danger that that's uh, you know, I, I, again I, I i can't get beyond this you know it seems to me this might be an area that you know you and the other chaplets get involved in which is to try to counsel um offenders about what to say to their children and how to manage this in a way yeah that, no, that, in a way that the offenders you know uh, perform a mea culpa and do it in a way where they don't lose dignity. Do it in a way where they can actually be teachers uh, and not just, you know, terrible role models, don't be like me. But they could actually still be a parent and still teach, you know, Sheva Yipotzadik Vakom. I mean, in some ways, uh, to be able to do that. And I think, you know, with the right type of 
attitude from people like yourself and others, I think, you know, because it's, it's bad enough that this person has lost so many of their rights and so much of their, of, of their connections, but to lose, um, you know, to become so alienated and to lose the, that, to lose their family, which can you imagine what it is to, 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 uh, to get out of prison and not have a connection to your, to your child, uh, you know, as well. We know that it's our children, you know, who bring us out of the MRI world and bring us into the, the world of positivity and, 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 and give us a reason to go on. So, you know, it seems to me that the, those, those chains have to be strengthened, those bonds of, of connectivity done in a way, obviously, you know, sex offenders and other things, uh, you, you know, the, the state has a responsibility. But um, if, it's, if that's not the case, there needs to be a way to streamline, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, an inmate can still have connection with the child without an in-person visit also, you know, that's... Uh, that's true. That's also, you know, and well, we, certainly, we certainly do encourage them to to become, you know, these these fathers these men that you know that they need to be that is something that is part of what we teach them there are programs that we have of you know parenting programs so so are they Um, able to facetime with their children i know that you've told me that a lot of the cell phone technology is banned in the prison is there some way uh, other than writing letters which no kid is doing today (laughs) is there some way they could FaceTime with their with their yeah. Uh, first of all, the 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 inmates have access to uh, email, and they also uh, we have the uh, this Zoom program. Yeah, they they can. That's how the, all the visits right now are on Zoom. Uh-huh. You know, whatever, okay. wh- whoever you whoever you're visiting, you know. So uh, that's the. Uh, you know, You're right. Uh, so as, here's another way that the success of Zoom could perhaps be amplified <laughs> of uh, a parent remaining a parent, even though uh, they are there. Story is not exactly about a visitor. I think possibly the child visited, but I know uh, in our Native American community in the prison there was a story about a grandchild. I don't. I actually don't think he visited, but his story by himself gave. The inmates uh, a level of of uh, you know feeling of accomplishment in their spiritual lives. One of the inmates from that community had a grandchild born who was, had birth defects, and was they were told that he wouldn't live more than a, a few weeks or a few months. And they gathered together there and they prayed, and they were very proud. You know, when it was his uh, his second birthday uh, or third birthday or something, this child that they had prayed. For, about and uh and they you know they uh feel a certain pride that they uh that their prayers uh accomplish something so you can see that even without the visits because i'm pretty sure that this inmate <coughs> uh was not eligible to have <coughs> excuse me was not eligible to have visits from a uh from a minor but just knowing that this child existed and and you know being able to pray for the child and care about it and and was enough to give the give them a certain sense of chizik and and purpose and what they were doing and uh, even the ones that weren't related to the child but the 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 purity and the innocence of a child who was born with a 
a life-threatening situation and they can feel that they all came together to do something positive in their in their prayers and the um yeah and that is something where you know i guess what it what it shows you is that the beauty and innocence of a child uh, can touch even the most savage breasts so to speak and and people can be bonded together in a positive way uh, for that child's well-being, especially as you, as you say, the grandfather, I'm sure. Uh, so Yusuf, I know it's been a couple of weeks now, and I know that uh, the, the, the Shalmi says, Chavamayr is nitan l'tayra, navayda. It's meant for, you know, uh, it's meant just to, 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 to be dovik, the rabbi nishayim. But I know that uh, you took some time out of your dvekas, and what are some of the, uh, what sort of what sort of movies did you uh tip your toe into uh, during the Halloween season, this one? Well, the, the, the new, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of the old Godzilla movies and the new, the new one came out, the new Godzilla versus Kong came out over Halloween. And uh, we had, we, we were thinking to go see it in the theater, but we weren't able to get babysitting uh, around for the, the little ones. So we, indulged in in uh, getting a uh, subscription to HBO Max and so first we actually watched the original King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, so you spo- you you decided to splurge for the uh, HBO Max to watch Well, it was cheap. It was cheaper than going to the movies. Yeah, so yeah. Was... <laughs> okay. You're not going to watch Wonder Woman 1984. That's not I don't think it's on there anymore, right? I don't know if it is or isn't, but uh, I. Well, you know, Wonder I, Woman is Gal Gadot. You know, Wonder Woman is the yeah. uh, is the yeah. it's Israeli. You know that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a fun movie, and uh, and it, came, it was it, it was it was it was made by Japanese creators. It was made like the original Godzilla. No, it it was made uh, by uh, Warner Brothers. I think they they they've made a series of both King Kong and Godzilla movies. This is their third Godzilla movie and the second King Kong movie, and uh, you know, obviously now they're all they were together, which was part of the plan from the beginning. So I didn't see the first Godzilla that they made in 2014, but I saw the King Kong and the second Godzilla. I actually saw in a in a drive-in theater over here in, in Middletown in the Fair Oaks. I actually liked the, I actually liked the Peter Jackson uh, King Kong. You know the one I'm talking well, about. That, that's, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, that was in 2005. I, I was, I, I, I love the original. Oh yeah, the, the original. And, I don't think the original. I don't think the original has ever been topped. I don't ever. Really yeah, and that, it's really my favorite movie of all time. And <laughs> and I absolutely hated the '76 version. I think only sat through it once. Uh, that is. The, yeah. Well, you know, it put it this way. It did. Uh, you know, it just it gave Jessica Lange her. I think her, yeah. her her opening to become a uh, serious well she wasn't serious then but that was her yeah, yeah that was and then uh, and then the, the 2005 was was too long and also certain things I enjoyed it I did enjoy it but I I felt that Jack Black was not the right choice to play Carl Denham and then once I saw the the uh, the last King Kong movie that Warner Brothers made was Kong Skull Island and they had John Goodman in a leading role, and I thought he should have been instead of Jack Black, you know, especially thinking about his role in Matinee, which was very, even though it was based on William Castle, it was somewhat of a Carl Denham type of character, and I yeah, think... Look, it, look, look, you know, John Goodman's range is, is probably a lot wider than Jack Black. Oh. Yeah, he, 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 could, he, he could have matched uh, 
somewhat matched uh, Robert Armstrong, maybe not totally, but uh, it would have been, I think he would have been much, he, he has much more in common, I think, with Robert Armstrong than, than Jack. So, you're, so you know, who were you rooting for, uh, Kong or Godzilla? Well, I, should, should, uh, are we allowed to give spoilers here? Because <laughs> I remember in one of the original ones, they actually team up. First they fight, and then they team up together, I think, or something like that. No, no, but that's what happened this time. That's not what happened. There was only one other movie where they were together, and they and and that one Kong won, even though didn't Mothra a, come in there and too? Wasn't wasn't Mothra part of that as well? I think there was. I think Mothra showed up in there too, right? Not not in that one. No, no. <laughs> No, yeah. you're you're thinking of uh, Rodan and and Godzilla. Oh, Rodan Godzilla, and then Mo- right, and then Mothra shows up also, right? It's Moth- like Mothra convinces Rodan and Godzilla <laughs> to become good guys to battle. <laughs> that's the. Uh, that's the okay, so what? There. All right, so besides that, uh, what? So once I, I got HBO, once I got HBO Max, uh, I my wife and I and two of our children were extras in the HBO miniseries "The Plot Against America." So oh, we I, had never we oh, never so you, seen it. All right, so you know, sure. So you, so you we actually want, we trying, you watched all eight hours of it or whatever it was. Yeah, we we fast forward through all eight hours of it, looking for that scene that we knew we were in and we actually did not go in a particular order and we wound up which scene were you in when they were traveling up to canada were you part of that scene where where they yeah. were traveling you were in one of those in those cars with the with the with the safer Tyra and the svarim they were in there yeah 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 <laughs> where 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 the guy says oh you're a lanceman Oh, that was you. I, yeah. in other words, this that is wasn't where... me. No, that was I, I. That wasn't me. I was in the scene, but I didn't have the, the 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 line because I didn't know how to drive one of those cars. You know, you need it's a special skill to to drive a car from the 1940s. So we had right. someone else was driving, and I was not in that car. I was in the next you car. Know, you don't realize that you were part of a, a of of a miniseries that was basically meant to be a fable against Trump. You know, if you, I, I told my wife that, and she didn't believe me. If I you said, listen, I I listened to the podcast uh, about that series from the creator. He was a, a Jewish fellow. I forgot what his name was right now, um, but he talked. You know, the host, the, the what was what was burning in his mind, and especially the last episode where it's not clear that you know that the election is going to go their way. If you remember in the very last scene, mm-hmm. you know you, you're not sure are they burning the ballots or not. I, yeah. I heard the uh, the the creator of that of that of the, of the whole program, the showrunner and the mm-hmm. producer, the director, uh, talk about how you know how he can't believe so many Jews are behind Trump, and you know he connected this to um, Rabbi Bangelsdorf and the other rabbis that you know the people who were pro um, Lindbergh, pro Lindbergh, yeah. So yeah. Um, you know this was a uh, although, although you don't realize that you. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although we saw it was, it was it was Biden who was you know you know stealing the election and burning the ballots. So that's uh, <laughs> I see. I see. You know, our, you know this, this program might be canceled now. You know, now that yeah, said, yeah, we got to be got to be careful now. Yeah. So okay, so basically, but you watched so, the, so yeah, you I'm decided in, I'm to episode. watch the plot against America, and you watched uh, Kong and. I'm in, I'm in episode four at about twelve minutes in, but you can't see me and you can't see my wife. At least I, I, we couldn't we couldn't you know we rewound it a few I'll times. I'll tell you, and- I was very impressed by um, the mother 
she's not Jewish, but she does a very good job. Um, I think is it um, is it uh, Winona Ryder who's yeah, the uh, yeah. Winona Ryder who Winona plays Winona Ryder's the one who who is dating. She's her sister rabbi. who she's trying to actually yeah. you know scale dice. I have to tell you that I read the book. And it's it's an expansion. Yeah. They change a lot of aspects of the book. It, I mean, when when I told my wife that it was an anti-Trump movie, she said, "No, what do you what do you mean? Philip Roth wrote this book before before Trump was on the scene." I was like, "I know that, but still, like, why did they make this movie now?" And she's like, "You you just think everything's about Trump, don't you?" I was like, "No, I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, you no, know, that's I... everything." Yeah. It's, Again, it's... I, you know, to me as a Jersey person now for many years, I was impressed with the. Um, you know the vers- the vermicillitude of the uh, the Jersey backgrounds. Uh, you know they did. Yeah, no, they they really went out of their way to make everything accurate to the point where again you couldn't see my wife or my children because the windows were up. So we, they paid us a few hundred dollars, <laughs> and we we weren't even in the movie. And my daughter has glasses. The daughter who came with us and. They wouldn't let her wear the glasses because they said, "Oh, that style didn't exist in the '40s." So right, she right. just he was, wear it definitely glasses. was the right the production design of that film. They were very big sticklers for it. So, um, well, again, you know, I, I would say that um, it, it is well done. I'm not sure if it's worth the investment of time. I would tell you that. Uh, yeah. I would tell you that. Okay. Uh, again, I, I I like the um, I like the uh, the touch what, what, of Rabbi Bengals. Like John Turturro, of course, is an honorary Jew. Um, yeah. He's played Jews so often um, in the Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's and many other films. I think he's married to a Jewish woman as well. So he's he's quite. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, um, uh, when he gives the Mor Nevuchim to. Uh, did you get that part yet? Where he no, gives the Mor Nevuchim. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's your two. So, then, so, then, those... so, so we, the other movie we actually watched was my wife's favorite movie was The Red Shoes. From nineteen forty eight, you that you got an HBO Plus too? No, no, that that. Well, oh yeah, actually, yes, yeah. Well, it's on HBO Plus. We also subscribe to the Criterion Collection channels, but they HBO Plus has the whole Criterion Collection on it. So, but wow. we, so I guess we're, we're paying for it twice. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that that's a a very very. Uh, Harsh movie, very difficult, you know, uh, deep movie, and uh, the red and, and surpri- surprisingly not sneeze for uh, for for nineteen forty eight. Was, it, was, it, was, it, was it Ingmar Bergman? Was it Ingmar Bergman? No, it was was um, more more. Uh, what's her name? Mora. Uh, trying to remember. Um, no, Ingmar Bergman was not in that. No, it was uh, Ingmar Bergman is the director. What is this? What is the film? Give us the synopsis of the film so we can understand it. It's it's about a, a ballerina, right? Who, uh, and and she, you know, she, and she falls in love with this uh, with the um, the composer, and the head of the opera of the ballet company insists that none of his uh, dancers have any romantic relations. They have to be totally dedicated to their work. So uh, that's the dilemma that she faces at the end that she has to choose between uh, her between craft and her love. Yeah, and and in the end, uh, she commits suicide because she can't handle it. Yes, it, it sounds a little bit like the remake of the what was the uh, Black Swan that uh, I didn't see it, but I know about it. The Black Swan with uh, Natalie Portman, where she's a uh, uh, also a ballerina driven to some sort of insanity. Again, I didn't see it, but uh, 
I, I yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. All right. Yeah, don't know. Quite a little bit of an eclectic, quite an eclectic. Yeah. Uh, and then the funny thing was once I, uh, once, once we found that movie that, uh, that we, um, so the director was Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger for the Red Shoes. And it was Maura Shearer, Anton Wahlberg, Marius Goring are in the, are in the movie. <laughs> but uh, once, once we actually, uh, we we looked at the HBO um, movie we were in. The, we my kids wanted to see all the other extra scenes that I was in. So two of the movies are on Amazon, uh, not Amazon Prime. You have to pay for the movies, but you can buy them there. So one is David Meyer. Did you ever you you're familiar with the book? It's the Feldheim book. David Meyer. You ever heard of this? I see. Also. Um... Uh, and, and what, this is another so, film that you were an extra in. So yeah, so Aid Darren Schwartz, who lives around here, made a a movie together with um, the rabbi from Woodstock. I'm trying to remember his name. They made this movie, and they they invest a lot of money in it, and they couldn't get it released. And it was a very well made movie about a little boy from Meisharim who gets hired as a nanny in a, in an upper class London family, and makes them. And they were Jewish, not from, and he. He's Makar of them, and uh, how, how does he get? How does he get from Mayor Sharm to London? I mean, what's going on there? He just so his, his, his father, his father gets killed. It's Cholamoyt Sukkis, and his father is going out to uh, in the middle of a war zone to bring Lulav and Esrik to the to the Chayalim, oh. and he gets killed. So then he needs to, he, this Dovidal. He realizes he needs to make a parnasa. So he puts he sees an ad that they're looking for a an au pair in a London family. So he just writes D Mayor. He doesn't, he, they don't know. I it's see. Dino, so it's sort of, like, sort of like Mr. Belvedere, the original. Yeah. And then he, and then he shows <laughs> the original Mr. Team. Belvedere where, uh, where they think it's a woman and it's really a man and he helps yeah. the family. Sounds like a, a, a typical Hollywood formula. Just the names have been changed to make it from. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, 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 in the opening scene, it's Yom Kippur and they're davening and, they brought all real Hasidic Shingalai to a shul in Kerhanksen to film the scene. And Rabbi Barrows from, from Fallsburg was also there. And nobody wanted to show their face. And I didn't care to show my face and see. I'm the only one that you see my face who's not uh, an actual actor in the movie. And I'm there with the Shtraimalon and the Kitzel and, uh, and the Talis. And then, <laughs> the, uh, and then there was another movie called And Then Came You, which was filmed in... Uh, over here, the the scene I was in was I think we did it in Poughkeepsie or Kingston. Maybe I somewhere. should just maybe I should just hyperlink your IMBD page and people yeah, will be able yeah. to. <laughs> I see. So so that, that you are movie. really you know you start off so selfless in this episode here, Yitzchak, and now here you are, you know, your wife's away, and here you are, you know, shamelessly, you know, promoting yourself, you know, in the most inane possible well, way, where you were. <laughs> Yeah, here I'm you can see the back of your beard, to... and here's a place where this was my hand that was waving in the window. Yeah, this is what you <laughs> want to give your children, your schoolies. Um Just yeah, to but... connect, just to connect a little bit to um, to the theme we're talking about, which is, of course, you know, children who have parents who were in prison or were criminals. You know, there's so many uh, films that talk about you know <laughs> children who were you know, faced with this struggle. Um, but I, I, one that really springs to mind, uh, and I, I want to recommend it because I think, you know, 
I think it, 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 it packs a real punch. Uh, and maybe you've seen it, Underworld USA, which is with oh, uh, with Cliff Robertson. Yeah. yeah, it sounds familiar, and I didn't know I didn't so see it. So basically, it was one of the you know Cliff Roberts. It was made by Sam Fuller, who is uh, right. you know very much one of the great Jewish uh, directors and unique vision and style. Um, and um, it's about a uh, a fellow, you know, Cliff Robertson, um, who uh, you know watches his father. Um, get killed uh, and you know goes off the derrick completely and you know his whole plan is to be able to wreak vengeance on those that have hurt his father and you know he he you know he he insinuates himself into the underworld uh, in a way you know this great uh, vengeance scheme that he has to be able to um, extract vengeance on all those that had been behind his father's death and uh, it really, I think, uh, says a lot about the the relationship between you know, father and son, um, dealing with, you know, trying to find a parent who is a criminal, but trying to see them in the best possible light, and maybe seeing the other influences uh, as being much worse. And you know, and of course, he has a chance in some ways to, you know, to to change. But you know, as a Sam Fuller movie, you're going to see things play themselves out the way you would expect, which is that, you know, he pushes it to the end. A really uh, uh, interesting, you know, sort of a, like a psycho performance by Cliff Robertson. I think two years later, or was it th- maybe three years later, he, you know, the first Cliff Robertson move I ever saw, he played uh, Jack Kennedy in PT-109. I'm sure, oh, yeah. you're, I'm sure you're familiar with yeah. that film. Yeah. Um, and of course he will, you know, he picked up an Oscar uh, for playing Charlie, which is, um, you know, to me, I think, uh, you know, sort of typical Oscar bait when you play someone who is a mentally deficient person and, you know, he's able to get this injection that, you know, makes him extremely intelligent, but then it, it doesn't last. And I was based on the <laughs> the novel Flowers for Algernon. So, right. you know, Cliff Robertson played all these heroes. And here you really see Cliff Robertson. Um, you see a real... Um, side of him that I, I wish he would have developed more in his career. Uh, you would have seen like a, you know, a side of him where, you know, he was off kilter, a sicko, uh, but sick, you know, because of his love for his parents, his love for his father and his devotion, which brought him in such a way. So I think, you know, we talk about in the child of, 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 of a criminal and you know, the effect of that, I would say it was, you know, very well, very well portrayed and really brought out in Underworld USA, which, you know, supposedly ripped from the headlines, <laughs> was really just really a, you know, you know it's a, a real crackling uh, Sam Fuller enterprise. So that's about it, my friends, for our comeback program. Uh, I know that, uh, I know you have Ramadan on your mind. Let's push that away for, uh, I know that's, you know, we got that, let's push that in for, for next week. Cause, uh, yeah, next, next week's week, already Ramadan. When Ramadan next starts, week. we can talk about you know, what's happening. Sorry happy with Ramadan. Take care, Yitzhak, and we'll catch you on the other side. Don't spend too much time with the HBO. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.